welcome to the Morning Brewers 2. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. We're going to have a busy week this week full of podcasts. Uh, this one's coming out on Wednesday morning. Uh, tonight, I will be recording two podcasts, one with Nate talking about baseball and one with Michael Rust, both of which have been on the podcast before. And then later on that night, I will record one with Michael Rust talking about the whole Colt situation. There's more to add to that list now. The Quentin Nelson news, which I'll talk about a bit here tonight as well. But I also wanted to do a solo show. So there will be three podcasts from me out to this week. A lot, a very content-filled week. A very busy week and a lot to talk about sports-wise. So let's get started. Uh, I kind of want to talk about some things that I've kind of missed. I took a week off after the quarterback rankings. I kind of wanted to, to take a little bit of a week off, and I did. So there are some things I want to talk about now. So let's talk about the first thing I want to talk about, which is the Simone Biles situation. Listen, I've said this multiple times. I said this when I was talking about Lance Armstrong. There are certain athletes in their respective sports where when you think of them, you think of the sport, and when you think of the sport, you think of them. Simone Biles. When you think of Simone Biles, the first thing you think of is gymnastics. And when you think of gymnastics, the first thing you think of is Simone Biles. It's the same way with Lance Armstrong. When you think of Lance Armstrong, the first thing you think of, at least for me, is cycling. Then it's kind of the doping thing and all that. With Michael Phelps, the first thing you think of is Michael Phelps. And then it's kind of everything else that came with Michael Phelps. And when you think of swimming, you think of Michael Phelps. And when you think of bicycling, you think of Lance Armstrong. It's the same way. That's how it is. That's how it is with this with Simone Biles. So Simone Biles is the greatest gymnastics athlete of all time, and in my opinion, one of the top athletes to ever play, to ever compete. I mean, you can't really, I guess, play gymnastics, but she's one of the best to ever compete. And so she's going to go down as one of the greatest athletes of all time, in my opinion. So it, it mind boggles me with all the backlash she got when she decided to opt out due to mental health reasons is what she cited. Because here's the thing, and I see this a lot with fans, and I talk about it primarily with like LeBron and how like, you know, with LeBron, we, we ask, you know, everybody, and when I say we, I mean us as like a fan base, a sports fan base as a whole, we, we ask our athletes to be more, you know, human and show us more of a side and, and speak up on these issues. And then they speak up and we tell them to just shut up and play their game. Or, or in LeBron's case, shut up and dribble. But, you know, we, we say, hey, mental health is real. Mental health is, is something that is a real problem here. And, you know, we you, you need to talk about it. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay, you know, understand that you have the, the problem and, and go get help and all this stuff. That's what we say, right? Then Simone Biles recognizes she has a problem. Simone Biles recognizes there's an issue. And it's, she's weak. She's weak. She's mentally weak. She can't compete. She's not tough. We, we tear her apart. And we, we tear her down. And, and we pick her apart. It makes no sense to me. You can't pick and choose when to be, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay if... You know, to, to struggle mentally because we all do it. We all do it. You can't choose to say that and to be an advocate for that. And then when somebody does it like 
Simone Biles, you tear her apart and call her mentally weak. And she's a disgrace to the country. And things like that. Like, you, you can't do that. Because it doesn't work like that. That's not how things work. Simone Biles is a hero for what she's done. Do you know how many people struggle mentally every day and are afraid to speak up from it? You know how many little girls probably struggle mentally because they don't think they fit in well and or they don't think they look a certain way or they don't think they're, they're a certain way and then they see Simone Biles who right now might be the greatest female athlete on the planet and she says, you know, I'm not okay. Like mentally, I'm not okay. I can't compete right now. I can't do this right now. Do you know what that's saying to that younger generation? It's telling that younger generation, this is a hero. This is somebody you need to look up to. Understand when you're not okay and go seek the help. So to pick apart Simone Biles for, for doing what she did and opting out to not compete in the Olympics because men, because she mentally couldn't do it because she cited mental reasons why she was struggling mentally is asinine to me. It's insane to me. It's mind-boggling that we sit here and we tell people and we, we put on Twitter and we put on Instagram and we put on Facebook and, and we, we tell our friends and we say it all the time on, on TikTok videos or Snapchat videos that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to to struggle. It's okay to do all this stuff. But then when an athlete does it who's representing the country in the Olympics, we say, nah, she's a disgrace. She's weak. She can't handle it. She she just she's she's a disgrace. We pick and choose when it's okay to say those things, and it's not okay. Simone Biles, in my in my opinion, is a hero to many, many people in this country. And I support Simone Biles, and I'm all for her. If you can't if you're not okay mentally, then hey, we're here for you. I hope you get better. I support you. I'm not gonna tear you down and call you weak and say how you can't do things. Because that's the that's the cool thing to do is tear apart athletes these days. Yes, I'm critical of athletes. Yes, I'm I, I I dissect things as an analyst, but I don't criticize them mentally. If Jameis Winston came out and said, "Hey, mentally, I'm not there. Like, you know, I I can't do it. Like, I I got a lot of things going on. I've just not been okay lately. I'm not gonna be like, well, this guy's weak. This is why he can't be the starter. No, 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 man. I'm gonna be like, hey. I'm happy for Jameis. I'm glad, not happy that Jameis is struggling, but I'm happy that Jameis came out and that he spoke about it and that he was able to to say, listen, I'm not okay and I need to get okay before I can do this. And I, I only brought up Jameis because that's a guy that I get linked to a lot for, for so on, for quote unquote hating on. That's why I brought Jameis up. That's why I bring Jameis into this conversation. Because it's cool these days to hate on athletes. It's cool these days to pick apart people like LeBron James and, and all this other stuff. All I have to say, and I'm going to end it with this, is I support Simone Biles. All right, so now I want to transition into this. I think if you follow me on Twitter, or at least maybe I haven't really talked about it that much on Twitter, but if you... Are friends with me, you know this. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook guy. I'm really not. Like I, I get Russell Westbrook plays hard. I get Russell Westbrook, you know, is a really good player. 
He's a former league MVP. He's Mr. Triple-Double. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. I get all that. But I don't think the trade to the Lakers makes sense. You know, you got some, or you got Anthony Davis who plays the same way. You got LeBron who kind of plays the same way. And you're going to put all these guys, all these ball-centric guys together. And I, I get it. I know they're going to be like, hey, remember they said the same thing about KD when he went to Golden State. But KD played a little different. KD was was a mid-range genius when, when all these other guys were shooting threes. Like, it's a little different. It's a little. Not a lot, but it's a little. You have three guys who kind of play the same. None are really good three-point shooters. LeBron's not a great free throw shooter, at least this season. It's only gotten worse, and it continues. seems like it's continuing to get worse. I don't like the Russell Westbrook to L.A. trade. I don't think it's going to work out very well. I don't like Russell Westbrook as a player. I can't criticize Russell Westbrook as a person. I can't criticize Russell Westbrook as a brother, sister, dad, or brother, dad, whatever he is. Nephew, I I can't criticize him those ways. But what I can do is just speak basketball-wise. And I'm going to admit I have a very limited basketball knowledge. But I think I'm justified in saying that I feel what Russell Westbrook really cares about are the triple doubles. What, What Westbrook really cares about is his numbers. I don't I don't think necessarily he always cares about the team around him or anything like that but but Stuart how can you say that I mean I mean Paul George I understand Paul George isn't a top 3 player in the league but Paul George I in my opinion is playing better in you know LA than he was in OKC with another guy who's kind of the alpha alpha male on the team in Kawhi Leonard but why is that? It's because he can be himself there. And he knows he's going to get his opportunities. That's not that way with um, Russell Westbrook. That's not how it was. Oladipo went to Indiana and he thrived. People thought he was dead in OKC. He went to Indiana and he thrived there. Now he's kind of fallen off the, the radar due to injuries, stuff like that. But when he went to Indiana, out of OKC, he thrived. He was a superstar in Indiana. But he was a superstar in Indiana because he got away from Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was kind of holding him back, not really allowing him to be the guy that he could be. Why? Because all Westbrook cared about was his triple doubles. Again, this is just my opinion. This is coming from a limited basketball knowledge. This is just how I feel about the situation. But I don't like to trade for Russell Westbrook. I think there were some other candidates they probably could have gotten gone out and tried to get. I'm not going to say Damian Lillard because I don't know if Damian Lillard was on the trading block. But if he was, then, or if he's ever going to be available. But if he if he was, or even if he is, now you've missed your opportunity to go get him, in my opinion. All right, so now I want to transition to football. And I want to start here. I want to talk about this. Quinn Ewers, for those of you who don't know who Quinn Ewers is, he's the number one recruit in the class of 2022 in the country. He's opting to forego his senior year, so skip his senior year of high school to go to Ohio State and enroll early. Now, 
This only happens because he's graduated early and he's going to graduate early and he can get on campus and do those things. Now, if he, if he obviously couldn't graduate early, that wouldn't be the case. So you, you do have to put that in reference that not every athlete is going to be able to do this because not every athlete is going to be in the situation that Quinn Ewers is in. They're just not. You know, we talk about how this is going to change high school football, and it will. It will. It will change high school football for the, the top of the top, the elite of the elite. But the 56th best quarterback, which equals out to the 312th best player in the country, I'm just – I don't know if that's what it equals out to. I'm just using this as an example – isn't going to be able to forego his senior year to go to Appalachian State. Because more than likely, he's going to have to fi- finish out his senior year academically. I'm not saying that's always the case, but I'm just saying more than likely, he's not going to be able to do that because he's not the top of the top. He's not the best of the best. And he's not going to be able to do the things that the top of the top can. Now, let's focus back to Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, in the, in the word of the Dark Knights, Joker, is ahead of the curve. He's ahead of the curve. Quinn Ewers is only foregoing a senior year because Texas doesn't allow NIL, which means name, image, likeness. It doesn't allow athletes, high school athletes, shall I say, to profit off of their name, image, likeness. So that means you can't like show up in car commercials or, or speak for a brand or whatever. He can't do that. If he goes to college, he can't. And it's going to allow high school athletes at this point. I think it's going to cause states like Texas and others who are behind to change and have to make it to where they allow NIL. And, you know, there's a different discussion for this. I may bring on Mo Murphy and, and Jeff Hunt and some others to talk about this at some other point. But to me, what Quinn Ewers has done, and I'm going to address Quinn Ewers directly here is, Again, in the words of the Dark Knight's Joker, you've changed things. Changed the way that we will forever view high school football. Just like I'm going to talk about here after a while, about the, the SEC and how, how they've changed things and how college football landscape forever is going to be changed. Quinn Ewers, the number one recruit in the class of 2022, has changed things for high school athletes. But here's an interesting point that I'm going to talk about. And it's this. When you think about Quinn Ewers, he's the number one recruit in the country. Now, I want to talk about this. I, I, I'm going to compare him to a certain somebody. And I know their situations are completely different. And I know all that stuff. But I'm talking about strictly having to transfer from one team because you're behind a quarterback to go to another to be a starter. Quinn Ewers, if he goes to Ohio State, will be in the same boat Justin Fields was in at Georgia. Now, the quarterback there, I can't really think of his name right now, hasn't made the, you know, impact that Jake Fromm made in Georgia as to why Justin Fields didn't really, C.J. Stroud, as to why really, you know, it didn't work out. But I would not be surprised if, because he hasn't signed his letter of intent yet. And I'm going to give this up to Mo Murphy because he brought this up. And I'm just going to elaborate and talk more about it. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Quinn Ewers doesn't wind up at Ohio State. 
Now, Jeff Hunt has said multiple times that he doesn't feel, of course, he lives in Buckeye country, that Quinn Ewers is really all in on, on Ohio State. And I can kind of get that, you know, but I I do think that when I look at it and I look at Quinn Ewers, I would not be surprised if he wound up in, in Texas or if he wound up and maybe USC. Well, Stuart, why would he go to USC? Have you ever been out to California and seen the opportunities out in California? Again, that's a different debate for a different time. Maybe he ends up in Alabama. Maybe Nick Saban says, come up to Tuscaloosa. We can make you a starter here. We like Bryce Young, but you got this. Maybe he goes somewhere else, another big place in, in the country. Maybe he goes to, to Clemson and beats out DJ, right? Maybe. Who knows? But what I know is what's going what unfolds in the next however many hours or, or whenever he makes his commitment. Maybe he did commit to Ohio State at the time of this recording. I don't really know. And if he did, then it doesn't mean he can't transfer. Especially if C.J. Stroud plays well and they go to the college football playoffs and they have a chance at a national championship. I could see Quinn Ewers transferring and stuff like that. All I have to say is this. Quinn Ewers is going to be a first, maybe the number one overall pick at some point if he can mentally do it. Or not mentally, but like if he can play at a high level in college football, which I think he will. I think giving him a chance to get there early, giving him a chance to do all those things is really going to pay out and really benefit him in the long run. All right, so now I want to transition to this, the SEC. I, I just hinted at it. I'm going to talk about it real quick. See, the SEC, it came out about last week, you know, towards the end, whatever, that Texas and Oklahoma wanted to join the SEC. Then it became official, and they told the Big 12, and there was a voting with the SEC. And so it's official that in 2025, that Texas and Oklahoma will join the SEC. Now there's reports of Clemson and Florida State wanting to join the SEC. And if you if you ask me what do I think about this, I think you know this is crazy for me with college fo- for football, but this is also what I told you. I said be careful what you ask for. Be real careful what you ask for, right? Remember everybody talking about the uh, that little thing called the college football playoffs and expanding to 12 teams? You remember that? I said be careful what you ask for. Because if the SEC expands, you're going to have Clemson. You're going to have Oklahoma. You're going to have Florida. You're going to have Georgia. You're going to have Alabama. I mean, Texas could get good again. You're going to have others. Florida may sneak their way in there. I've just listed seven teams, but then you've got Ohio State out of the Big Ten. And then you got maybe Oregon out of the Pac-12. So there's ten teams that only leaves two spots open, and that's from two conferences. So now, or from three conferences, so what are you going to do? I told you. I said, be careful what you ask for. I said it. Didn't, didn't hear me. Didn't listen. But I said, be careful what you ask for, because you might bite off a little more than you can chew. I think maybe people bit off a little bit more than they can chew. But hey, that's that's neither here or there. But it's very interesting, because college football forever is going to change the way that we know it now. 
The way we know college football now will not be the same way in five years. It will be different. There will be a different view, a different landscape, a different vision of what college football looks like. And I'm here for it. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a 12-team playoff that everybody's so stoked about. Woohoo! 12 SEC teams. There's going to be, you know, super conferences like the SEC, and then the Big Ten does theirs, and all this stuff. All this conference moving is what it is. But I think what it also does is allow some of those dominant Division I, 2A schools. South Dakota State. North Dakota State, James Madison University, some of those dominant schools to move up into Division One and have a shot to Division One single A and actually have a shot to compete with the big boys. And finally get up there with the same likes of, of BYU and some others like that and really give them an opportunity. That's what I think this entire landscape changing of, the, of college football could be, just simply starting with the SEC. All right, so I want to end my the show today it's going to be kind of a short one i know it's only going to be about 25 minutes probably talk kind of want to end here talking about the the colts injury situation i'm not going to get too in depth again because i'm going to have michael rust on later this week probably friday when that podcast will come out to really talk about everything and really talk about the whole situation going on with you know Carson Wentz and and now Quentin Nelson, but Carson Wentz struggled or you know had a lot of expectations coming into this year. And Frank Reich put his job on the line again, saying let's go with Carson Wentz. So if it doesn't work out, this is on nobody else in my opinion, but Frank Reich. So you look at it and I look at the situation and he gets hurt. It's from a bone that they say he probably suffered in high school. It probably came loose. And he's going to have to have surgeries. He'll be out for 5 to 12 weeks. And I'll talk about this more in depth later. But you don't get life insurance when you're dead. Or because you think you're going to die. You get life insurance just in case something happens. You're covered. It's just like drafting a quarterback. Listen, I love Chris Ballard. I think he's a brilliant team builder. I think what he's done building teams and building winning teams with talent has been insane to me. But the quarterback position has been the position that he has missed on the most. And I think that can all change, and it can all change just by understanding that you need insurance, right? Like, the, like you need insurance. You don't get a quarterback because you don't think the one you have is bad. You, you don't say, ah, we're not going to draft a quarterback because we don't – we think the one that we have is, is good and he's going to be here all day. Like you draft another quarterback. The Patriots didn't draft Ryan Mallett because they thought Tom Brady sucked. They didn't draft Jimmy G because they thought Tom Brady sucked. They didn't draft Jacoby Brissett because they thought Tom Brady sucked. They drafted Jimmy G. They drafted Ryan Mallett. They drafted Jarrett Stidham. They drafted Jacoby Brissett because they felt like if Tom goes down, we need somebody who we think can run the system help us win five, six, seven, eight, maybe 16 games and keep us in the loop or at least fighting for a playoff spot. That's why they have signed what they have signed. And that's why they have done what they've done. And so then the Colts come in and, and their only backup is Jacob Eason and I wasn't high on Jacob Beeson coming out. 
And then also the rookie in um can't think of his name right now. Oh, the rookie in Sam Ellinger. You know, Sam Ellinger. I wasn't high on Sam Ellinger coming out this year. That's all they have on the roster. I'll get more in-depth again on Friday as to the different scenarios and options. But we also found out today that Quentin Nelson is suffering the same injury. So now, not only do you have Jacob Easton starting, but you have Jacob Easton starting without the best guard in the league, who's also going to be out potentially 5 to 12 weeks. It's crazy to me. It's insane. <sighs> what a day to be a Colts fan, right? <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I, I appreciate it. Please share this with your friends. You know, spam it to them. It, send it to their text. Keep sending it to them. Send it to everybody you know that likes listening to sports podcasts. Help grow this. I've done all, I'm doing all I can do as far as getting out on social media and pushing it, all that stuff. So I need you guys to do what you do best. And that's share it with your friends. Again, thank you. Have a great day. Good night. Good afternoon. Whatever it is, you have a good one.